Darkside crew, it's your girl Freya here. Welcome back. And if you're new here, new to our channel, welcome. We're so glad that you found us. So I realized recently that I have not posted an actual podcast per se since the Soul Love Letter. So I'd like to take a brief moment today to say thank you to all who reached out after that episode. From the responses, I suppose I struck a chord with many of you. And I believe from your replies that it was a very positive one. Your thoughts and words of love and encouragement were so heartfelt and appreciated. And that's why I love you all. And I will continue to shine the light on our humanness, no matter how difficult and raw the issues may sometimes be. So I need to send some love right back to you. Although it was a difficult episode to do, it was also very healing as well. And to be honest, it was in fact a phenomenal form of release. So thank you all for taking the journey with me. It's been a minute since I have brought you your dose of dark side realities, that's true. And for that I deeply apologize. Didn't mean to leave you hanging. I also appreciate those of you who have been asking, where are you? We miss you. Please come back soon. Well, I have missed you too. As many of you know, I've been on one of those brief life lesson journeys and got a little distracted. But just know, I'm here for you and never too far away. As always, this podcast is for information and enlightened connective consciousness purposes. Take only what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. To reach out to this show, visit us at tdsothc.com, drop us a love note, and of course subscribe so you'll know when we have new content to share. So with that, let's dive in. This episode tonight is going to be a little brief and different than our usual dark themes. It's been a long hibernation this winter and with the renewal of spring just around the corner, I thought I'd bring you something just a little bit lighter. I think you're really going to resonate with it. I'm talking about our love language. We all have our own style and how we relate inside of our relationships and I believe we resonate with all of the love languages. There's five. At one time or another. As they can speak those words we sometimes can't express verbally. This is not only about how we relate to our significant other, but family and friends as well. But today, we will be talking specifically about the romantic partnership. As you see, like many of my fellow humans, although we will sometimes go through letdowns from time to time in the love department, 
We would serve our souls to refuse to let that consume us and to destroy our quest on this journey for the one we are truly meant to be with. So I personally allow myself a moment of reflection, absorb what lessons I believe were intended for me to learn, and continue to move forward in life as our time truly is finite and no time should be wasted on those what might have been thoughts that we can get stuck on. According to the author Gary Chapman, there are five love languages. Our love language describes how we give and receive love from others, and they are words of affirmation, saying supportive things to your partner and vice versa, acts of service, doing helpful things for your partner and they you, receiving gifts, giving your partner gifts that tell them you were thinking about them, and it could be a flower from your garden, a poem that they wrote just for you, or a simple unexpected kiss on the cheek. Quality time, spending meaningful time with your partner, whether or not you two have an agenda to be anywhere but together. And last, but definitely not least, probably my favorite is physical touch, being close to and caressed by your partner. Maybe you consider yourself a touchy-feely person and enjoy PDA. I personally feel the world can use much more of this right about now. We all express and receive love differently, and those differences could be the reason why feelings and good intentions sometimes get lost in translation. If we want to build the healthy relationship, we do have to put in real effort. We need to tell our partner what makes us feel loved and, of course, unloved. We should strive to show our partner love in the ways that they want to receive it. That's how we can use love languages to improve the quality of our relationships. Communication is key, but comprehension, I believe, is the lock. Now sometimes, I get it. That's easier said than done, of course, because we are human with real feelings, emotions, and yes, expectations as to what we want to express and receive in return. Sometimes, we may feel we are not being heard, not feeling appreciated, loved, and respected by our significance. We forget that they may see a situation differently, and we may come off in ways that may not show our best light, and so they judge us. When they may not have taken the time to consider and to acknowledge how we got to that point. This is where frustrations can dwell. You see, we humans are driven by our egos, and for the most part, we tend to only see our side of things. We are complex beings, and at our core, we tend to want what we want when we want it. We forget sometimes that the people in our lives that we profess to love have feelings too. When we only see things from our perspective that may fit our narratives, our personal goals, and or agendas. We leave no room for real love, 
acceptance, and growth. Sometimes we may need to step back and take a deeper look at our connections from a higher perspective. As in, why are we with this particular person? Are we on the same page for the most part? What do we see in our future with them? Do we even have a future with them? Are there things we have not wanted to deal with? Or have we neglected to see the big picture of our situation? Have we invested more than we should have in our connection that we forgot about our own needs until we finally can't deny them any longer? And we have to stand in our truth, which can ultimately blindside us when we realize we did not receive back what we feel would have been appropriate while we forgot to put ourselves first. I've never liked that concept, though, as I personally receive more joy from giving than receiving. But that being said, if we can't get our needs met while doing our best to meet our partner's needs as well, then sometimes there comes a moment when we must accept defeat, retreat, and nurture our wounds and soothe our pride so that relationships do not suffer the fallout of our past connections. More often than not, we sometimes make life and love harder than it needs to be. Understand that you are a very special person and realize what you bring to the table And if your person does not see it and chooses to leave the connection, know that they are probably doing you a favor by removing themselves from your sphere so that the right person has the opportunity to show up for you. You can, in fact, take the lessons and apply them to your growth while loving them from afar. As I feel, no one comes into our life and our heart and ever truly leaves without putting a tattoo of sorts on our soul and that's okay because when we finally are old and gray and we we will always have those tattoos to remind us that at one point we were loved and we loved so if that be the case and you find yourself in the position of finding new love what can you do when you venture into your next relationship to assure that it can be a successful connection going forward I found an interesting article that sums up my thoughts perfectly on this. Something that I've resonated with long before reading his words. It's written by Adam Winger. And I'd like to share some of the highlights with you as this is how I choose to show and receive love. Quote, We've all heard that relationships take work. What if I could show you that Intimate relationships need not be work and that the best ones are more play than anything else. When I hear that relationships require so much work, I feel weighted down and tired and it sounds like drudgery. Work implies something we have to do, especially in order to achieve some sort of desired outcome for the short and long term. We work for money, for the hope of success, for getting ahead, and for giving shape, structure, and purpose to our days. If we're lucky, we may find meaning through our work and feel valued for doing it. Work typically contains aspects of control and hierarchy, and often power struggles and resentment. At work, we often find inundated with 
and constrained by rules, procedures, and guidelines. We're motivated by outcomes and deliverables. Relationships that feel like work drain our energy. This is because we're spending a great deal of time trying to get through to the other person in order to feel understood. With work, we may be trying to prove ourselves, to show our worthiness, or to even outshine someone else. On the other hand, play implies freedom, experimentation, adventure, spontaneity, and creativity. The play I'm talking about is not to be confused with all easiness and just fun and games, but rather the quality of ease. It's the ease of trust, comfort, rest, and the sense of knowing and being known. It's the knowledge that you're assuming the best in your partner and the confidence that they assume the best in you. When that happens, there's less to struggle over and less to prove. Relationships that feel more like play have the advantage of feeling lighter, freeing, and more spacious. We get to reconnect with our authentic selves, even our sense of our inner child. A huge benefit to a playful relationship is that it tends to be built on affection and admiration rather than contempt. So our time and energy can be directed to other things that matter to us in our lives. And we can return to rest in the trustworthiness of the relationship. End quote. Powerful, yes? Research by a psychologist, Renee Proyer, reveals uh, the extent to which play can strengthen communication, resilience, and overall relationship satisfaction. Notably, four types of playfulness of all which can enhance relationships. She states that other directed playfulness involves good-natured teasing of other people. Light-hearted playfulness involves seeing life as more like a game than a battlefield. Intellectual playfulness can be seen in people who like to play with ideas and solve puzzles. And whimsical playfulness involves liking unusual activities, people, or objects. Through play, we learn the art of letting go. This capacity for letting go assists us in and out of the relationship. Being right becomes less important when we've centered play. We admit when we messed up. Well, sometimes. The knowledge that there's an us over and above either of us that's worth tending to. Play fosters creativity and in turn... Creativity stimulates playfulness. To keep intimacy fresh and imaginative, we have to stay curious about our partner and ourselves. And the larger relationship in which we're situated. We have to trust the beauty of the lifelong process of continuing to get to know someone. In relationships, we want to share what we're seeing and doing with other person. She calls this the hey-look quality, where one person summons the other person to see a spectacular sunset or to look at something they made, rather than feeling irritated by the person calling out to get our attention. 
were curious to see what they've discovered, relishing in their joy. The willingness to be open and receptive to play that the other person brings is essential. Night after night, going to bed with your best friend is more like a slumber party. I'd agree with that. When play is at the center rather than relegated to the periphery or postponed as something to enjoy when everything else is done and settled, it becomes an oasis. The play is like a bow in a rough sea and reminds us that there's safe harbor and refuge we can regularly access. I love that vision. This is my choice in the love language as I believe that life in general is way too stressful on its own and that if we choose to look at life as a struggle on the daily, we can miss those beautiful moments with ourselves and our partners because we have allowed ourselves to become consumed by all that would tear us down. By those around us, that would not revel in our successes and our joys, our ascensions. I feel that playfulness is key to not only our personal lives, but in all aspects of our lives, because if we take every little thing so seriously, it can be so overwhelming that we can become stuck, frozen, and can possibly destroy that which was meant to bring us to the next level of our ascension. So when we forget how to play with our partners, we forget how to really love each other and ourselves. Just my thoughts. Another love language that resonates with me personally is the physical touch, where I feel like we as 3D beings have an undeniable need for the human touch. Our connections to our human family is bonded through how we show love, through kisses, hugs, caresses, and those gentle touches in unexpected places on your person's body. Those flirtatious gestures can be brief, but very important to show how you're feeling about yourself and your person. I believe that if we deny our bodies the touch of others and from others, we lose connection to our soul. I read something once that said we need 10 hugs a day to truly maintain our connections to spiritual fulfillment and to love. I remember sharing this with you in another episode, the story about the older couple that I met when I was a teenager and how I could see how much they loved and adored each other through their interactions with each other and that I would only seek that in my future, and yes, it still holds true. If your person does not see you in the light that you deserve and desire to be seen, ask yourself, are they really your person? I had a strange experience the other night um, when I was at an event. There's an escalator I was descending on and had my left hand on the rail which was in the center. And halfway down, I noticed this uh, gorgeous young man who had to be at least 15 years younger than me. And as he was ascending up the escalator, our eyes met. And when he got close enough, he reached out 
and he rubbed the top of my hand. And then he lifted it off the railing and was not letting go. It was so weird because it was like something out of a movie because A, who does that? And B, I turned to look at him as he was still holding onto my hand and now rising above me. And he had this beautiful smile on his face and his friend just looked at him like, dude, you have to let her go now. <laughs> Too funny it all was, right? It was one of those unexpected crazy moments. It catches you off guard and yet it was an affirmation to me that, yes, you still got this girl. I have been feeling a little down lately because of some personal things happening. And I really didn't want to get back out into the world yet. But regardless, I was definitely looking amazing that night and maybe he caught my energy. Either way, it was a beautiful compliment. Maybe that was the universe confirming to me that even if you're not with, you know, who you want to be with at this moment in time, there are still amazing moments and people coming your way. But I digress. We need to be seen at our best and yes, at our worst and accepted for all of it. But at the same time, we should accept our partner for all of it as well. I'm not saying that we must accept nor project behaviors that are not productive to growth of the relationship. But what I am saying is that we can acknowledge those parts and bring it to attention so that corrective actions can ensue. But that's not really happening anymore. It would seem that the smallest infractions are not acceptable and people are choosing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Something I've been thinking about lately. I feel like people today don't really possess the tenacity to have lifelong relationships like our parents and our grandparents did. And what I mean by this is we are living in a time where we have become consumers of everything disposable. And it has evolved in our personal relationships as well. Nothing and no one seems real anymore. At least not for long. Maybe our parents or grandparents didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but they stayed together. They worked things out. They knew they really loved each other and... That's what was most important. People don't have the will or desire to build real relationships anymore as we're living in a hit it and quit it society. At the drop of a dime, it seems like people can just open an app and swipe right and have a date in minutes. But is it really a true connection? Is it all we're seeking today? To fill a narcissistic need, if only for a moment, and on to the next? How boring and lackluster of a person one must be to connecting with people. Maybe we have forgotten how to love. Maybe we really don't want it anymore. So very sad that we have allowed this perspective to take root and grow. As it... It is really what I consider to be the downfall of humanity. Unfortunately, I don't see it changing anytime soon, as we have become a self-absorbed, narcissistic society. And the real issue is that most people can't or refuse to see it for what it is, lack of self-love, 
and unwillingness to share real love. Again, living through our ego and concerning ourselves with only what we want to attain at this moment, whether or not we hurt others along the way. As my pops always told me, it's about our integrity and our word is all we have at the end of the day. I take those words to heart even when it's been difficult relating to people. No, I'm not perfect and no one is. I feel that's where we must forgive not only those who've hurt us, but forgive ourselves when we have hurt others. It's going to happen. We are human. But the real growth comes from acknowledgement and corrections of these actions. Again, this part of our love language, we need to find some inner guidance and trust our intuitions regarding our relationships by guarding our heart. But of course, with most people, and yet still being able to be vulnerable enough to be open to meaningful relationships, be it business or personal. We humans are on a journey through this life and although we may sometimes be walking it alone, it doesn't mean that we are not of value to this world. And it also does not mean that we have no real effect on those who walk into our lives, be it for a minute or the long haul. Continue to love yourself and others as you feel you need to be loved and feel you can love others who are deserving of your time and affection. So we can give and take with all that we have and when we finally reach the end of our time, hopefully we can look back and say, hell yes, that was a wild ride <laughs> and I mattered. You mattered. We all mattered. We could go on about the other aspects of the love language concept and maybe in future episodes we'll break them all down, but for today, I'll leave it here. It's just something to consider. I'd like to ask you, what is your love language? So this was an amazing episode and again we've reached the quote of the day. But before we get to the quote, let me say that I have missed you all and will be showing up for you more on a regular basis as well as I have lined up a few really special guests coming soon and I look forward to the topics that they have offered for discussion so subscribe stay tuned for that in our quote of the day be more understanding of your partner's specific love language it may be frustrating at first, but you have to understand that love shows itself in various forms. Just because it doesn't look like yours, doesn't mean it isn't love and shouldn't be received as such. By Robin S. Baker Always remember, if today has you feeling anxious, confused, triggered, or even a little weary, take a moment right now to quiet your mind. Just breathe. Let go of all your distractions and embrace mindfulness. Focus your intentions on what you really want. Clarify and let go of that which no longer serves you. Remember your determination is your power and your peace to realize your true purpose as these brief but mindful moments can allow a new path to arise. Mm -hmm.